This is the Defenders Podcast on TV Podcast Industries, and this time we're talking about What If, Season 2, Episode 9, What If Strange Supreme Intervene? You're trying to bring back Christine, aren't you? Yes, I am. And if anyone could understand, it's you. Strange, come to your senses. I have to do this. But this is madness. Oh, come on, Peggy. You know you'd do the same thing for Steve. <sighs> Peggy! Please. I would never do this for Steve. And Steve Rogers wouldn't want me to. The cost is too high. everyone to the Defenders Podcast on TV Podcast Industries and we're here we're talking about the finale of season two what if what if strange supreme intervened I am one of your very strange hosts Chris I'm one of your other hosts Derek hello there fellow defenders welcome back I am your third and final host John so does that mean Stephen Strange is evil now yes well strange supreme has always been evil uh, in this show but he was redeemed yeah and now he is irredeemed unredeemed 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 but then redeemed again the small part that was his good self yep so he's the redeemable strange irredeemable yeah because he he was redeemed and then he was unredeemed and now he's re-redeemed so the I think as we kind of referenced on the last podcast about the snake eating its tail, it may be that circle of redeemed, Mm -hmm. unredeemed, redeemed, unredeemed, (laughs) redeemed, unredeemed. Either that or it's kind of like the old Steve Ditko titles for Spider-Man, where it's the irredeemable uh, Stephen Strange as uh, as the title of his (laughs) Instead of the spectacular Spider-Man. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, we are here talking about this finale, the culmination of season two of What If, or the MCU's, Marvel's What If. Uh, yes, we have been podcasting each and every day. Well, I haven't, but my <laughs> dynamic duo of co-hosts have been podcasting each and every episode of season two. So make sure you head on over to our website at tvpodcastindustries.com to check out all of them on the good and evil podcast catchers or your mysterious podcast player of choice. You can get us there across the multiverse that is Spotify and Apple Podcasts and Amazon Podcasts and wherever you listen to your podcasts across the multiverse, you will find us. So just check on there or just head to tvpodcastindustries.com and you'll find all the links Absolutely, you'll also get the audio is also available up on uh, up on YouTube, as always, just in case you want to find it over there. Some people uh, listen to their podcasts on YouTube, and apparently uh, Google are moving all of their podcasts to YouTube uh, during the year 2024, so all of our feeds will be up on YouTube um, by the end of this year. I currently have to manually put them up, so um, um, hopefully that will shorten my, my time frame uh, for adding podcasts up there, so you'll, uh, you can get them up there. Yes. But you're probably very sick of our voice by now uh, since we've been podcasting every day. So good news, if you didn't hear it, I'll say it in the last episode. When we get to Echo next week, uh, we'll be doing one episode a week of Echo for five weeks 
So you'll only have to listen to us once a week. <laughs> yes, the, the the unfortunate part of demanding day jobs um, is a, a, it's a it causing us to make a good choice, mm-hmm. a healthy work life balance, if you will. Um, also, just timings. Twenty twenty four is the year of we will not podcast daily anymore exactly <laughs> <laughs> it is our 10th anniversary of podcasting though this year so starting out the year with uh, seven days or nine days straight of podcasting is a uh, is an interesting way to start that year but we're not going to continue well it. maybe for this coming <laughs> christmas we could do the 12 days of podcasting yeah yeah if the content yeah, slows yeah. down as much as it seems to be slowing down we might be doing a, uh, a rewatch of uh, daredevil season one to three <laughs> every episode of that <laughs> plus all the defender stuff just to put them back in the feed again we might do that later on in the year yes or possibly as i may have have once mentioned we could have continued uh, and f- finish our Hannibal coverage. Yeah, still two seasons of that, that we have never covered. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. But that is still what if yes. potential mm-hmm. <laughs> and is yet so far away. Gentlemen, I think it's time we dive into our discussion of season two, episode nine. What if Strange Supreme intervened? Derek, do you want to tell us who gave us what, where, when, and how? Absolutely. Once again, executive producers for the show are Brian Andrews, AC Bradley, and Brad Winterbaum with Kevin Feige, uh, head writer of the show for this season, AC Bradley. Uh, this episode is written by Matthew Chauncey, who wrote some of the other episodes this season as well. And this episode is directed, of course, by Brian Andrews, who's directed all the episodes this season as well, other than episode one. Excellent stuff and good job, people. Mm-hmm. Yes. John, yes. do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for the finale of What If Season 2? What if Strange Supreme intervened? Sure. After meeting her in 1602, Strange Supreme takes Captain Carter to his Sanctum Infinitum, where he reveals that he's been capturing universe killers to atone for his sins, and asks for her help in capturing one who fled to a universe where Hydra used the Tesseract to destroy the world. Carter agrees and encounters Kahori, who reveals that Strange has been capturing both universe killers as well as righteous heroes to feed the Forge, a contraption he built to resurrect his lost universe and bring back the love of his life, Christine Palmer. As Strange attempts to kill Kahori, Captain Carter frees all his captives, allowing her and Kahori to escape and find the Forge to destroy it. Amidst the chaos, the pair encounter Black Panther Killmonger, who Kahori separates from his Infinity Armor, allowing Carter to use it, along with the Infinity Stones, to even the odds against Strange. At the forge, the pair battle Strange, as he tries to feed it with the collective powers of the superheroes and supervillains. They send their weapons to Captain Carter to use against Strange, while Kahori sends them to their home realities. Strange is taken over by his demonic self, becoming Demon Strange, and while Carter separates them, they reabsorb into him and take over Strange's body once again. As the forge collapses, Strange sacrifices himself and his counterpart to it. The Watcher returns Kahori home and brings Carter to Strange's restored universe, revealing he succeeded in resurrecting Christine Palmer though he can never be reborn into it. Carter asks the Watcher to show her the many wonders of the multiverse before taking her home. Excellent. A very um, Doctor Who 
ending almost uh, to this episode of, uh, of What If or this season of What If. Well, that's true. Yeah, just, a little companion. That, yeah, I got yeah. that moment where she where she feels like you know, let's just go on one last adventure, Doctor. Uh, take take me through through the wonders of the multiverse. Yeah, and I was wondering, is that Loki's tree of life from uh, the ending of Loki season two? Mm-hmm. It does very it much is. look like yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes, exactly. That very much feels like that. Which was kind of a nice little touch, actually, to see that. Absolutely, um, especially only um, a month and a half after that show ended on Disney Plus to have it in animation here in the, at the end of What If. So yeah. um, so they must have known about that a long time ago to be able to put it into the show. And does that mean that season three of What If that we know mm-hmm. is in production and, and is coming is going to begin to weave multiverse and multi-timelines? Mm. I wonder. It together. could do. Maybe, maybe. Because it needs weaving, I think. It does. Needs a bit and I wonder of... if the weaver may show his face. Yeah. The god of stories. Yeah. We will see. That is yeah. true. Like Tom Hiddleston has appeared in many episodes of uh, of the two seasons of the shows, so uh, very likely he'll be back uh, to voice the character in season three. Um, but it is a really interesting one, isn't it? Because the first season of the show really took very specific inspiration from various movies in the MCU. The second season, not as much. Uh, and particularly this episode and the last episode don't really take a jumping off point from the MCU. They take a jumping off point from What If season one and, and this season. Yeah, that's true. And also referencing other movies as well. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, certainly the first three had heavy non-MCU references, mm-hmm, uh, like in particular the Nebula one. I mean, yeah. Yeah. that was Blade Runner with Nebula, effectively, yeah. you know? And the Happy Hogan episode, which was just diehard. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of been an interesting uh, sort of thing, really. Yeah. yeah, it's like the shackles have been released a little bit in season two. I always say that about a second season of a show that you get a bit more creative when you're able to, uh, when you've had a season of the characters doing the basic uh, setup, and then the second season allows you to kind of Broaden your wings a bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Seems to be the case of what if. And hopefully then season three is then really flexing those wings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe yeah. we'll get some uh, some much more similar to the comic book version of what if, which will bring in uh, characters in completely different situations that we haven't seen before. Fingers crossed. We can only hope. So, gentlemen, let's jump into this. We have a very particular style of covering these uh, these top threes of uh, throughout this kind of piece. It is slightly broken. Yep. It completely broken yep. the last episode. So we're going to try as much as we can to bring it back. We've kind of already discussed point one, which is what if we had seen this all before? Where we kind of go through the, the, the cinematic universe movies that it's calling upon. Mm-hmm. And really that is just season one of... <laughs> Uh, uh, kind of what if yeah that's what it's pulling from i guess i mean the only other thing you could say is there are so many characters from other movies there in terms of the super villains or the superheroes Mm -hmm. you know we see vision we see that you could almost say well maybe it's everything but that's only because strange has created this sanctum infinitum which Mm -hmm. is a library (laughs) of those big heroes or villains from the other universes. Yeah. But yeah, I mean ultimately I'm 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 playing with you, of course, <laughs> saying that. It is really that it's it's following on from yeah. season one and the guardians of the multiverse. Mm-hmm. 
and in particular the strange supreme episode yes. in season one where he was he lost his soul to uh trying to bring bra- back christine palmer um that's the the big jumping off point for a strange character and we see it in the in the opening sequence of the episode we see the watcher recalling the tale of uh peggy carter how she became captain carter and what that did to her you know he calls out uh her loss fuels her to become a hero no matter what, what situation she's in she's a hero now and as opposed to Doctor Strange, his loss fueled him to become the villain, the big villain of the series, really. Yeah. Um, he's lost his soul. And in the attempt to bring back the universe and bring back Christine Palmer, he's going to do anything he can, which means destroying multiple other universes or, or bringing in multiple other characters from different universes. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually I like the Watcher just touching, you know, doing that touchstone here, uh, giving it, you know, an underline putting it in italics mm-hmm. and, and bold and a different font. Uh, you know, the, the, both of these have been on difficult journeys of love. Um, you know, I think that was certainly from episode eight. You really got that sense of melancholy uh, and hopelessness ultimately of Peggy and Steve's relationship. Mm-hmm. We got that with Stephen Strange and the length he would go to to, to try and have that loving relationship with christine palmer in season mm-hmm. one um and, and so th- them sitting down in a ye olde tavern uh in 1602 um just discussing that this idea you know that peggy is this big multi-dimensional hero and seemingly at this moment in time so is um Stephen strange you know to face a danger i think the the watcher says it in a way that makes it sort of ambiguous but you know to face a danger to the multiverse um Mm. which we assume they're both going to fight it uh together these two heroes yes. you know yeah. uh, but you're you're right ultimately one is the hero of the piece the other is the villain of, mm. of the piece and, and it does so say, i, I kind of quite like that yeah and the watcher actually says two heroes join together to fight uh, a, a great threat to the multiverse yes. those two heroes are actually captain carter and kahori exactly here, uh, not stephen strain exactly and um, i did love that though and, and to, to kind of continue on that jumping off point from season one i do really like that uh stephen strange tries to compare his relationship with christine palmer to the relationship between peggy and steve rogers uh, and there's no comparison between the two like if you think about all the appearances we've had of christine palmer from what if from uh, the, the multiverse of madness and the original doctor strange movie while they do have a great relationship at some point, she always leaves him. She always moves she on makes to somebody a sacrifice. else. She chooses to, to stay away from Stephen Strange. The way we met her in Multiverse of Madness, she was marrying somebody else in the Prime Universe. Then when he meets her in the other universe, she decides to stay away from him and stay back from him. Um, so there is no comparison between those relationships. I love that moment when he calls that out to Peggy. You would do this for Steve Rogers. You would do this for your love. Yeah. You wouldn't judge really me for like this. That. And Peggy says, not only would I not do it for Steve, he would never ask me to do it for him. Just like Christine would never ask Stephen Strange to do it for him. For her. But remember, you say that incomparable in the What If universe, that episode of Strange Supreme was that they did make it together but then he lost her mm-hmm. so they were rather you know they were together he felt he had it and then lost it because yeah. of the accident yeah 
and try to regain it. But you're right, absolutely, uh, as well. So, yeah, no, I I kind of, I like this jumping off point. I like the idea of a sanctum infinitum as well. Um, Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool, um, for sure. And you see that he's collecting these universe uh, killers, uh, but one has escaped. And this is where we feel this is, you know, the joining of the two heroes Mm -hmm. uniting when, in fact, once Peggy... um, is back in the the sanctum infinitum having been brought there by by strange uh with kahori realizes uh quite quickly um that it's Stephen strange who is in fact in fact the multiverse killer absolutely uh, rather than the universe killer yeah that's what i'm saying he's evil now it is i like a bit of evil strange actually it's quite mm-hmm. good yeah it was fun in season one and uh, and fun now again we we have demon strange in here as well uh, just like we did in season one uh, i do like how um quickly peggy realizes what the problem is for stephen strange that oh what you've captured all these monsters and one of them has, has escaped um he goes, how would you, how would you know that? She's like, well, Greblins, uh, <laughs> aliens, Jurassic Park, <laughs> yeah, yeah. basically any story of capturing very powerful creatures together, one always escapes. It always happens. So, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, so yeah. So that leads you to believe that Curry was captured by Stephen Strange, was in, uh, was in yeah, the Sanctum And then, yeah, and yeah. then got out. So yeah. that's kind of interesting. I, the other thing I, I like as well is the, the, the other side that, as ruined strange here is that he's you know as she walks into this huge space of the sanctum infinitum she's like have you been here alone mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like you've spent too long alone mm-hmm. um, and isolated you know with only your crazy mystical thoughts to keep you company so mm-hmm. no wonder you have re-entered the world of madness yes you know yeah. in that sense absolutely Absolutely. I do love that that term, crazy mystical thoughts. <laughs> that is instead of like um, troubling thoughts or um, thought distortions or anything. I know it's your 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 magical thoughts. You know those those ones, wacky, tiny, whiny versions. Horoscopes. Yes, <laughs> you've been reading horoscopes again. Absolutely. Oh, well. What if Christine had, if I could bring her back with the waxing moon in Jupiter's uh, 12th degree of uh, apostolate, who knows? Uh, I I thought this was really fun premise. And again, you brought it there. It's a very simple premise. Jurassic Park, Gremlins. If you bring them all together, usually one escapes and it breaks down. Mm Mm-hmm. And obviously now, again, the, the actual uh, the zookeeper here is the evil one. But overall, it, it's a fun initial, easy to understand setup. Exactly. Very simple. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, we normally do have what's the small change here. And really, this has got hundreds of changes across all of reality because he's taken all of these world killers uh, and a lot of heroes from out of time. Um, there are so many on screen in here. Uh, I've watched this episode a couple of times now, and you literally catch everybody from uh, young Peter Quills in there. Um, loads of versions of of different characters. There's multiple Thors in there. There's uh, Rocket Raccoons in there. And um, there's loads, loads, and loads of characters. Not just Guardians of the Galaxy. They're just the ones that pop to my pop to my mind. Well, vision um, as well. Visions in there as well. Uh, but interestingly, um, the AC Bradley, the the uh, showrunner for the show says that they basically told the animation studio to use every single asset that they've ever created for what if no matter whether the character had featured heavily in uh, an episode or not and put them on screen during these this episode so that we had featured 
every single type of character, even some that were developed and weren't shown on screen before. So well, I that's love that a, idea. Well, Peggy says maybe it wasn't such a good idea doing a prison break <laughs> in, uh, <laughs> you know, in the in the prison. But the prison um, break is fantastic, though. It leads to some amazing moments in this, this episode. Well, I do. Yeah, I mean, like it, it's interesting. It's like I do feel this kind of came out of nowhere that we were revisiting strange supreme in this way Mm -hmm. and that's the only thing that kind of sort of knocked me here you know i think season one um even though they were all separate they came together in a in a way that you kind of went oh okay like i I can see that all coming together and guardians of the multiverse that sort of team up um even if it wasn't entirely related it was that the watcher saw their potential to be this grouping mm-hmm. um, and i must say i wasn't expecting to revisit the strange and christine palmer thing again in terms of that's what he's done but uh, yeah i guess it comes to th- his crazy mystical thoughts mm-hmm. and being on his own you know um and so it kind of took me out of it a little bit mm. i have to say because yeah, peggy um, incorrectly thinks that the reason he's doing it is to pay his dues for what he'd done that he's been a guardian of the multiverse and because he's done that he's trying to pay back by using his powers to take all of these threats out of the universe uh something that the watcher would never do but she's wrong yeah and and because he was redeemed in the other one and Mm -hmm. that's kind of all being lost because he's been too long on his own staring into space and his crazy mystical thoughts you know so it, it, it is that kind of thing but i mean I loved the epicness. Mm-hmm. It, it felt epic with all those different characters. You know, when we see Kahori and Carter running to the forge where strangers effectively going to feed this forge with all the power of these superheroes. Mm-hmm. You know, I love the fact that um they're intercepted by Zombie Wanda from Absolutely. season one. You have then Hella turning up and, mm. and turning the zombies green not that they recycle no. well actually they do they recycle humans um, they are recycle and humans, yeah. yeah they they munch away um yeah. and you have thanos with his infinity gauntlets and then you know the the important one being killmonger with his infinity armor mm-hmm. which was really cool and he's um, the one that takes out thanos as well yeah yeah so yeah. once uh, once again another episode of what if thanos being taken out at the end of it uh is it six of of uh nine episodes that thanos has been taken out this season it feels like it yeah, Thanos is on a hiding to nothing. I think. Yeah, he is. they're trying to like if they had it done as Kang, it would have been ooh. We've seen <laughs> we've seen Thanos get his ass whooped a few times. Yes, well, we, we, we need to move forward. We don't want to go to the what if uh, version of Kang the mm-hmm. Conqueror. I don't think. Yeah, um, not yet. <laughs> not yet. Too soon. I kind of feel like we'll be going to the what if version of Kang at some point later in the MCU. Anyway, yeah. Uh, at some point, what <laughs> yeah. if Kang was played by a different actor? I think it's where we're going to. Wow. What if Kang was actually as good as everyone kind of originally thought it was going to be? Yeah. Oh, sting. But yeah, I, I love this whole battle. The, the prison break was cool. Mm-hmm. And I think the epic battle between Strange Peggy uh, and Kahori in the forge. Mm-hmm. Um, Strange Peggy. Yeah, I just, <laughs> I really, I did think it was just really good again mm-hmm. i think the action sequences in this animation have been so good absolutely you know? yeah. and um 
you know, whether it's you know, you've got the multiple strangers and Peggy kind of going, oh, great idea. She uses the red infinity stone to change reality. Mm-hmm. You've, I yeah, love multiple Peggy's. Yeah. yeah. I love her using the shield as well. You know, like you, you were saying about her and Steve, um, in, in the last episode, I loved how she used it with the different infinity stones, particularly the, the space stone from mm-hmm. the Tesseract yeah. where she could, you know, just, move it through space to hit him on the back of the head. Um, I loved all this different, these different aspects uh, of it. um, And I thought it was really epic, Mm -hmm. you know? Agreed. Very quickly. I, I enjoyed the, the fights. I enjoyed what it had. And that ending of the yo-yo effect of the feeding of the, the, the forge where they were basically all the guys were being teleported in, they're being mm-hmm. teleported out. <laughs> that was a good gag, um, actually. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Corey's usage of um the the Tesseract power she has mm-hmm. kind of like teleported them left, right, and center and everything. It was just beautiful to watch. Yeah. I do have a bit of an issue with the the recycling of Strange Supreme as cause he was redeemed. And now he's been unredeemed. And I think you could have done something different. Like that could have been not Strange Supreme. That could have been a what if different version of, and then you, you have our Strange Supreme from season one comes in. Like you can do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just for me, it was just, I am a bit with you on that. I mean, mm-hmm. I think it, it, it's, it's, I kind of wish it had been signposted a little bit better, and maybe we'd had Peggy capturing some of these supposed universe killers. Yeah. And then you have the rug pulled. Um, you know, I mean, I know she was being recruited to do that, but I would have liked some signpost that we were coming back to this. It felt a jolt. Yes, it wasn't exactly. rushed. It more just a jolt, I guess. Um, but. Well, it's just because we had seen him in with the Kohori episode. Yeah. And it was just, I was like, oh, like, there's more to this. It's just, that's what I was expecting. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm um, the same on that a bit. See, yeah. I, see, I don't agree. I love the twist here because we saw Strange arriving at the end of the Kohori episode, an episode that didn't feature much connection with the MCU. The only real connection yeah. was at the beginning with yeah. the connection to Asgard and at the end where Strange Supreme comes in, you kind of go, ooh, interesting. I wonder what she's being recruited for this season. Like, is he the new Watcher setting up a new Guardians of the Multiverse? So when you find out in this episode, actually, he was hunting. He was trying to take Kyori out of the universe because she's so powerful. I love that. I love that twist. And why why I like it even more is because if you remember when we came out of What If Season 1, we were going into the Multiverse of Madness, the next Doctor Strange movie, thinking when we saw trailers for that, that that was going to be Supreme Strange. Uh, Strange Supreme was going to be yeah. in that movie, and he, he, he wasn't. It was a different version yeah. uh, in that movie. But we all thought we were going to see this villainous version of Doctor Strange in uh, in the, the Multiverse of Madness, but we didn't. So I like that they've taken the idea from season one and brought him in here. And don't forget, I know we don't, we're, we're talking all around this episode, but don't forget, at the end of the episode, Strange Supreme is redeemed properly. He takes himself out of the universe so that he can recreate it and bring back Christine Palmer and he can never be in that universe. So he has accomplished his goal in one way 
but he's not able to live his life with her. He has redeemed himself and sacrificed himself uh, at the end of the episode. So I think it's a, a oh, good absolutely. arc of a story Fair. for the character. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I mean, you know, coming back to that, I think as soon as you get Demon Strange, like I absolutely love so, that. So uh, I loved all the demons yeah. coming out, the ones that we saw him absorbing to try and get um Christine Palmer back mm. uh, in in season one of What If, and then yeah. it got them being knocked out of him by by Peggy, uh, and then them reabsorbing back into him. And you know, he says, you know, my grief is out of control, and. You know, I don't want to do this. Mm -hmm. But then the demon says, but we do. You know, I I, I thought that was really, really good. I I just think I think the imagery of it, the epicness of it was was so, so good. And then, you know, as he falls into the forge, you kind of almost like thing like where you see his head coming out to, you know, make sure that they they stay on target and fall into into the forge mm-hmm. and then the watcher confirming you know that uh, that good in him uh he did the right thing and yeah. with his sacrifice effectively to save all the realities and ultimately brought back Christine Palmer mm-hmm. who he will never see or exactly. love or care for yeah, or exactly. be in a relationship with so yeah. i guess yes he's he's redeemed um for sure no i mean i still like the episode a lot um it was it just took me a while to process it mm-hmm. because i didn't think it was going to be on, on that topic still yeah i agreed. agreed um i think that was mainly it but i i loved the whole sweep of the episode and the epicness i just thought it was really really good yeah um i think it was just the initial you know, even on the second watch i still was like i think i enjoyed it more mm-hmm. um because i knew what was happening yeah but it, it, it felt like a jolt from everything that we've been you know yeah so that yeah. that was the only thing i, I did yeah. feel in the first watch i felt it was just a punchy, punchy, fighty, fighty episode, and there wasn't much to it. But actually, um, I think the second watch, I think the story hung together much better for me. Um, there, there is one other uh, change we probably should talk about. One other small yeah. change to the universe that uh, that's really called out here. Uh, when we get to Kaori, uh, when uh, Captain Carter goes to her world in uh, in North Dakota, I think she's in uh, yeah. at this stage. Um, it's called out by the Watcher that in this world the experiment that was supposed to happen with Steve Rogers and uh, where Peggy Carter was, the bomb that set off by the Hydra agent was a massive explosion that killed both Peggy and Steve, leading to the rise of the Red Skull. Uh, We see uh, Mount Rushmore with just the head of Red Skull on it. Yeah, I thought that that was pretty pretty interesting. Um, Especially because we called out last episode the couple of little appearances of of Red Skull uh, in in that episode. In this episode, suddenly you have the head of uh, of Red Skull and Mount Rushmore. Yeah, no, it was um, really good. So Hydra Um, have taken over this world, but Kehori is is still alive in here. So, um, So she seems to be very much out of time here. Um, Kiori would have been about, uh, about the 1500s when she went to, yeah. to visit Queen Isabella and make that demand of a, uh, of a peaceful world. Um, but yeah. now this is happening a- sometime after, uh, Red Skull has taken over the world after World War II. So, um, so that's yeah, quite very interesting. Di- yeah, She's very, very much out of time. Uh, we talked about 
Kaori's uh, power set back in in the earlier episode because she's getting the power from the Tesseract. Um, she's likely to have powers similar to uh, Captain Marvel. Um, but here we see her go up against Scarlet Witch, who also got her powers from the Tesseract. And we see her running like Quicksilver, who also got his powers from the Tesseract. So uh, lots of different little powers yeah. uh, being added in there. And the last time we saw her, we, ta- we heard her talking in Spanish to uh, Queen Isabella. Here, absolutely no problem to her to be talking in English uh, yeah. to Captain Carter. So, um, obviously, along with the Tesseract Paris comes a, uh, a translator, universal yes, translator. or a fast learner. Well, absolutely. <laughs> or, very fast learner. Yeah. or a very slow learner if it's 500 years since the last episode. but I, I, um, she's, Maybe she took us 500 years to learn. Absolutely, but I love that the bit of Mohawk language that was used was mm. the curse for yes. uh, Stephen Strange. Absolutely. So I thought that was a nice little touch as yeah. well. And I have to say, I really enjoyed the team up of Kahori and Captain Carter Absolutely. in yeah. the Sanctum. I am yeah. sort of working their way through real great team team up and, mm-hmm. and great match up with then Doctor Strange at the end yeah. uh, in, in that fight. So uh, I thought they really worked well together, mm-hmm. uh, those two. And so I really like to see that sort of uh, in the future, these two sort of teaming up again, you know? Uh, I, thought yeah. that, I think that would be really good. No, and I, I do hope that Kahori gets an on-screen, real-life um, kind of live-action uh, portrayal. Mm. Um, and even if not, just more on season three of um, uh, of What If. Like, yeah. what if Kahori was in modern-day uh, MCU? Mm. And that just that that's the next What If. So should they bring her back further and further in? Very much like Captain Carter, the woman out of time yeah. as well. Or yeah. maybe in a week's time when Echo comes out, which is uh, set in the Choctaw Nation, uh, maybe they will have a visitor from the Mohawk Nation uh, coming in in live yeah, action. Yeah, that's true. That'd be interesting. We Ooh. might have Kehori meeting up with Echo. What do you think? That would be really Wouldn't good. Wouldn't that be cool? That close yeah. to these episodes. Maybe that's the whole reason behind why they released these in nine days so they can get them out in time yeah. for Echo uh, or to come as out. well, Echo, I mean, even just like, you know, um, Kehori in episode seven, mm-hmm says to her brother, you know, we need tales of this and whether there's some tale mm. um, yeah. about yeah. No, that, that would be cool. Yeah, that's passed through other yeah. nations within the First Peoples. That'd be very cool. Yeah. 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 There you go. Ooh. So maybe that's how it's changed the universe forever. Possibly, yeah. Yeah. I did another way it's changed the universe forever is it that it is the end of the season. Well, yeah. It wraps up well, the season true. and <laughs> the, the traveling of... Uh, because we do end with Captain Carter and the Watcher in front of the the tree of the universe, mm-hmm. where the universe is, or the the multiverse, um, or the tree of life. Yeah. Um, that Loki in season two of Loki creates as the now the new god of stories, uh, the god weaving together the multiverses mm-hmm. uh, into a singular uh, stream. Because that very firmly puts it in a, a a place of where we understand now in terms of the iconography of that uh, the, the the tree mm-hmm. that has been set up. So really firmly planting what if in our understanding of the MCU. Yeah, firmly planted of- the tree. You're right. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, anything else that that would have changed in the universe uh, forever after this after this story? Um, I, I kind of mentioned it earlier on, but the big change in the what if universe is that we no longer have strange supreme well, he will true. not be coming back yeah, that yeah. is the end of the character i guess um he's gone into the forge and uh, been melted down 
Man, yeah, so. unless some spirit form has percolated yeah. into the newly created uh, universe. I guess with infinite possibilities, there is um, maybe a strange Supremes. So we'll have the backing singers for uh, <laughs> 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 coming back. Uh, uh, that'd be great Supremes. in the bar with no name, uh, the <laughs> mystical go. bar in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. <laughs> Just singing backing vocals yeah. in there. That'd be great. Awesome. Uh, Anything else about the episode, guys, that you want to talk about? No, nothing from my side. No, nothing from mine. I said, I'll, actually, I have one small one, which is the the Hulk with the the the, the kind of angelic headdress uh, that kind of gives some of the swords and things to um to Captain Carter. Mm-hmm. Very interesting one. Trying to figure out what that what if is. Assuming what if the Hulk was a Valkyrie, or what if Valkyrie was a Hulk maybe, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a bit of a weird, uh, definitely interesting to see, and I uh, would like to see that. Yeah, kind of. originally I just thought it was a it was a World War Hulk, but you're right, there is some kind of Asgardian connection there, because the weapon that he throws to uh, Captain Carter is Gungir, uh, Odin's weapon that was called out earlier on in the season, and that, that it was his all-powerful weapon, so um, so that's the weapon that he passes on, so definitely some connection with Asgard there, so, yeah. uh, so maybe that's something we'll see in we season We see three. lots of weapons, as we well do. as Hela's crown and the Ten mm-hmm. Rings, uh, and uh, Meow Meow as well. We do, we do. Always bringing back Meow Meow. Kaori gets the Ten Rings and uses them as well, doesn't she? She's the one that puts them on, yes. uh, which is yeah. very cool. Um, it's been interesting this season. One of the things that's that's been uh, been a kind of a through line is how far in the past they're going with the storylines. We had Medieval China with the Ten Rings story. We had uh, Kaori coming out during the um, the. Uh, Conquistador era of uh, of the New World, and we had 1602, all really historical pieces there. And here we have Kaori finding the Ten Rings, which I thought was quite interesting. So, uh, unlike Hela, she gets to use them uh, this time. So that was quite cool. As I mentioned, there are literally hundreds of Easter eggs in this episode. Um, as and, and uh, as I see, Bradley has said there are so there's so much in there that they put in because they thought this was possibly the last ever episode of What If. They didn't know it had been confirmed for a third season at the time when they made the episode, so they said let's put everything in the episode. So that's on purpose <laughs> uh, as it scrolls past hundreds of characters uh, on the screen. But uh, one of the ones I did really like was as Hela came out and, and took control of the zombie army, which I thought was awesome using her powers because she is of course the goddess of, uh, of death uh, i love that she uh, is in control of the dead that was really cool and then she has her battle against sertor that's what distracts her from uh trying to get uh kaori and yeah. uh, and captain carter to bend the knee uh, to her also love uh kaori's response to that the last person that tried to get me to bend the knee it didn't end well for them which was queen isabella yeah so. <laughs> a nice little call back to earlier on in the season. Uh, but yeah, really, really loved this episode. Thought there was some, some great stuff in here. I think you can watch it many, many times and pick up loads more Easter eggs. But gentlemen, time for our defense. John, do you defend season two, episode nine, the finale of What If? What if Strange Supreme intervened? I do defend uh, this episode. I give it four yo-yo heroes out of five. Um, yeah, I just really enjoyed, um, sort of the epicness of this battle um you know which comes down to the personal between carter and stephen strange and their different reasons but Mm -hmm. ultimately the same goal of love has turned one selfless the other selfish Mm -hmm. you know in in terms of their objectives and i i loved the just the yeah the epicness of the battle seeing all the different easter eggs like 
Killmonger back as well, uh, and Zombie Wanda, certainly two standouts. Um, I thought the whole sequence with Demon Strange and the, um, sort of the absorbed demons from season one being knocked out by Peggy and then reabsorbed and all that, I thought was really, really good. So yeah, I'd give this four yo-yo heroes out of five. Fantastic. Chris, how about yourself? Do you defend this episode of What If Season 2, the finale? I, I do defend it. I, I am uh, slightly probably around the same as John in terms of if it was to score it. Just for me, it was the fact that we had a redeemed strange and then an unredeemed strange. And then, as you rightly pointed out, a redeemed again. Mm-hmm. A re-redeemed a re-redeemer, if you will, uh, of Strange at the end. Um, so overall, I, I, I enjoyed it. It was just, it was, for me, I was just wondering if it was a bit rushed. Not rushed again, just kind of very quick for a 30 minutes. Uh, but overall, really enjoyed it. And I'm looking forward to the Easter egg breakdowns of the kitchen sink and everything in between that was thrown into this episode. Um, Derek, what about yourself? Do you defend this finale of What If Season 2? Absolutely, I defend this. I think I'm slightly higher up on the episode after watching it the third time um, today because there's just so much going on on screen. I love uh, how these two characters work together, particularly Kahori and, and Captain Carter. I think they're really cool uh, working together versus Doctor Strange. I thought the setup for this was really good and uh, how the episode played out was really good. And again, throwing everything at the screen uh, was great fun. I caught so much uh, my second and third viewing uh, of this episode. So uh, again, like yourself, Chris, looking forward to, uh, to catching up on all the things we may have missed while we've been waiting to record the podcast. So uh, yeah, very much looking forward to that. And overall, a really good finale for this season of of, uh, of What If. A better season to me um, than season one of of What If. I think it, um, it it's standing on its own two feet, uh, still telling tales of that first uh, major arc of of the MCU. But at least this season, we got a bit of Shang Chi coming in, and hopefully, and Black Widow coming in uh, this season. Hopefully, uh, next season we'll expand on that even more, and we'll get some mm. connections into yeah. some of the TV shows and some of the other uh, appearances of characters as we as we go along through uh, the new history of the MCU. So uh, that'd be cool, or even some very much standalone uh, stories. That'd be cool. Excellent stuff. So it is to ask: What if we got some feedback? Well, we do have some feedback. Excellent. Of course. We have got our first email in from Coffee and Vodka, who says, Greetings, fellow restorational defenders. A fairly straightforward conclusion to a season of a few intertwining themes and MacGuffins. Don't know if this is better than season one, but it was more in line with the concept of the What If comics. We were introduced to two and a half new heroes in Kahori, Hulk Hogan and Athrax and treated to improved animation. All in all, pretty fantastic. Influence on this episode seemed to include Season 1, Lord of the Rings, No Way Home, Loki Season 2, The Butterfly Effect, and whatever I may have missed with only one viewing. But speaking of what we did see versus what we didn't, lots of Loki, including the Tree of Life, Space Life, and no Kang. This makes speak volumes in the future direction of the MCU. So is Kang still king? Or who do you think the new big bad is? Could it be Doctor Doom, Galactus, Loki, Squirrel Girl? Uh, Titan loose in all the right places. <laughs> A highly enjoyable episode and season. Four supreme sacrifices, old friends, and Lords of the Ten Rings out of five for the episode. Four watching Toms out of five for the season. Peace and take care, coffee and vodka. Yes, thanks, Coffee and Vodka. Mm. Yeah, I get the Lord of the Rings. I 
the Sorry. the Balrog reference with uh, Gandalf uh, as uh, I think it's um, the Demon Strange and Carter mm-hmm. uh, falling into the forge uh, that was really good. Absolutely, and even the final moment with uh, with Stephen um, pulling the demon into the forge himself. It's kind of like Gollum pulling the ring in, isn't it? Well, that so, is true. Yeah. 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 Uh, for me, I would love to see Squirrel Girl being the ultimate evil. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would, for me, just out of left field, just just do that. Just Marvel, no one will see it coming. Everyone will be like, oh my God, it was the, the craziest thing ever. <laughs> it would be. I hope- and Kendrick just walks on screen. <laughs> I, I That would be fantastic. Would uh, be. As long as it's not Galactus. Mm. I think that Fantastic Four... Um, Rise of the Silver Serpent. Yeah, just ruined... All of that for me. No, I, I, I'm, I'm pinning my hopes on them creating a great version of the Fantastic Four, and it may still include Galactus. I don't think, I no, think. anything should be off the table uh, for Marvel. Yeah. Hopefully, they do a really good job of bringing in uh, Fantastic Four's uh, evil characters. But yes, Doctor Doom, absolutely adore, adore him. I'd love to see him involved, and he was heavily involved in the multiverse story in, uh, in Marvel. So, um, yeah, I think, I think if we're going to go for a new big bad, it's Doctor Doom. I'd still love to see the the big twist being that when Loki pulls all the universes together, he goes back to a bad old ways and becomes the big bad <laughs> of the universe. Tom Hiddleston uh, on form as the big bad would be would be pretty cool, wouldn't it? Very much so. He is always a good good goody and a great buddy. Yeah, exactly. Excellent stuff. Uh, thanks, Coffee and Vodka. Mm-hmm. Uh, over on Facebook, we also got some feedback. Uh, first up, uh, Lindsay Lowis uh, says. This episode was absolutely epic, but I'm very sad that this is the last we'll see of Strange Supreme. Or is it? He is one of my favorites from the first season, and I love the powers and moral ambiguity that he brought to the Guardians of the Multiverse. Mm -hmm. The way his arc ends is very symbolic, from wanting to bring Christine back out of his selfish desire to ultimately sacrificing himself and all of the powers he gained to give Christine and the rest of the universe another chance. I look forward to re-watching the season and eagerly await a new set of alternate scenarios for a new season. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, totally with you, Lindsay. That's uh, it's, it's such a cool arc for uh, Doctor Strange yeah, in, this, in, in this episode, particularly, uh, and and what a way to finish at least sacrificing himself. I know we've mentioned it a lot of the times in the podcast, but if you've if you've only been joining us for what if, you may not know uh, Doctor Strange is John's favorite character. He's been reading all of the comic books uh, for most of his life, so uh, so it's nice to have him redeemed at the end of the episode, even though, as you say, he was uh, unredeemed at the beginning of it, uh, but. At least by the end, you have a, a Stephen Strange willing to sacrifice himself for uh, Christine and the whole multiverse. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, always for the greater good. Yeah. The greater Thanks, Lindsay. Good. We also have some feedback from Bjorn Wind, who had this to say: "Loved it. Though I hope we got to see more White Halla or someone else from the previous episode. Of course, beside Captain Carter and Kahori." All those universe killers in one room fighting could have been more epic, but maybe that just requires a rewatch. How many of the characters we got to see in this season will make an appearance in Secret Wars, do you think? Hmm. Thanks, Bjorn. I still, I think they will. I think with Secret Wars coming up, mm-hmm. I think they may not be major characters. The only one major, I think, potentially could be Kahori and uh, Captain Carter, mm-hmm. really kind of turning up in Secret Wars. Without a doubt. But... Okay. Some of the others in the background, if they are going to do a major endgame style finale, 
where you can have multiversal kind of Avengers popping up in portals going for a big fight. I think that is where we would see, say, for example, a, a, a young Peter Quill coming in, mm. that type of thing, the celestial Peter Quill, or uh, the Goliath that was uh, from Ant-Man to also in this mm-hmm. yeah. Bill Foster Lars Fishburne yeah. Goliath yeah. yeah yeah I could see that too I think I Definitely. think this the, the canvas is wide open and when you've got Michael Waldron writing it um who is his yep. really experienced writer now in the MCU uh yeah the tap's wide open they can yeah, do whatever they want yeah definitely <laughs> thanks Bjorn Absolutely. Thanks, everyone. Uh, also over on Facebook, Joel Sharpton says, really enjoyed this one. Hadn't guessed that Strange would be our big bad this year, though in retrospect, I probably should have. The fights were all outstanding, though. I do wish our finales got closer to an hour so that more of them could have breathed a little. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. I can I can get that full for mm-hmm. this one, actually, Joel. Yeah. Um, it would have been good to have seen sort of Peggy almost implicated a bit, you know, mm-hmm. uh, by, I mean, I know she was in a sense, but that was the realization despite going off to sort of collect Kahori. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe one or two others we'd seen them get, you know, uh, something like that until she was asked to go after Kahori. Mm-hmm. Um, something like that, maybe. I don't know. But yeah, I, it was really enjoyable. Um, and certainly I hadn't guessed that Strange would be the big bad either. Mm. Um, yeah, me neither. Thanks, Joel. Yeah, thanks, Joel. Um, also on Facebook, Heather Wallace says, A friend's betrayal always hurts so much more, and I felt so bad for Peggy having to go against Strange. Seeing all the heroes and villains throw their weapons to Peggy was epic, and it was wonderful to see the Tree of Life from Loki as the scenic way round. I've really enjoyed this series. The art has been luminous and the stories are interesting scenarios. But please, please, please give Peggy some happiness. <laughs> Absolutely, Heather. She needs to have a good old dollop of happiness. Or maybe Strange get, gave her some uh, at the start of this episode with a glass of whiskey. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, happiness in a glass. I, I did like that setup actually at the beginning, just to kind of show that they are friends, to have them sit down together in the bar where he uh, brings in some a single malt whiskey for her. I just, I just think it was a nice way to start the episode when you're going to take them on this journey together uh, throughout the episode to kind of set them up as as friends. And um, you know, it's it's an interesting one with Peggy Carter because after Endgame she does get that happy ending. She does have Steve return back to her, and they have their long life together, and they both have that happy ending, and that's never undone with these stories in the what if universe i kind of think it's okay to leave this captain carter um in this position at the moment it should be the end of her story that should be the final time we see captain carter then she goes circuitously back to meet up with steve rogers and that has her happy ending in the future um if she gets her happy ending now then she uh she won't continue being the awesome hero that she is so no exactly yeah she can pop through back through her Tesseract portal from the, yeah. the beginning yeah. of season one. Um, it's like how, yeah, Captain America went lame after he'd gone back to spend, have his life with her. No, he just didn't old. continue to fight. Oh, old, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Thanks so much, Heather. Thanks, uh, Heather. Also on Facebook, Harvey Locust asks, do you think The Watcher shows Peggy both seasons of Loki or just the second season? <laughs> ah, I love it. I love it, Harvey. <laughs> um, 
hopefully just the first. <laughs> well, he has to show the second, definitely. So maybe show the, the first, the first episode of the second season and the last episode of the second season, the good ones, and the first season. Yeah. Maybe we did that. Uh, or right. just the, the um, you remember that Disney Plus now do the actual Legends mm. uh, run through of the certain characters. They'll just do that for Loki. Three or four yeah. minutes. All the way sorted. up. Done. Twelve minutes done. done. <laughs> Here's everything you need to know about yeah. why there's a big massive tree in the multiverse. There you go. Done, done, and done. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Thanks, Harvey. Thanks, Harvey. Thanks, Harvey. And ending our feedback from Facebook, Jeff Childs had this to say. Really strong episode. And season. I'm looking forward to what they do with Captain Carter next season. I would also love to see Kahori in a live action movie. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, I think we're all there. Mm-hmm. Everyone has said it. They are very much down now for a Kahori real life live action, be it movie, TV show, or, or just appearance. And who knows? Maybe we have stumbled upon the reason everything is happening as quick as it is with Echo and what if maybe she is referenced or the very final episode of Echo is her meeting Kahori or just someone in war paint. Yeah. We will never know, mm-hmm. but maybe we will. You never know. You never know. Uh, it'd be really interesting to see her though. Um, I'm hoping that they're, that, that she's got that, um, entry now into the MCU that we'll yeah. see here uh, hopefully in the future. Absolutely. I, I really hope so as well, Jeff, uh, as well. And uh, yeah, to see more Captain Carter. I mean, obviously we mm-hmm. did get Captain Carter in Multiverse of Madness, mm-hmm. but also um, the demise of Captain Carter mm-hmm. in quick succession. So um, hopefully uh, we'll get to see her uh, coming through in the movies as well. Yeah, back again in a future movie. That'd be cool. We got two last bits of feedback in for What If just after we'd recorded the final episode. First up, Meryl Smith sent us an email over on Feedback at TV Podcast Industries. She says, What if Wenwu was down bad for Hela? I mean, I get it. Odin's parenting style needs some work. Like, maybe pick a better time to banish them, because that always backfires on you in some way. Or don't banish them, because... That's always an option too. Another what-if idea. What if Loki killed Odin in the first Thor film? That would have brought Hela out sooner. Or what if Odin didn't banish Hela? Maybe there was a different compromise that could have been made, and there's a version of the timeline in which all of the siblings could have gotten to know each other and been raised together. How different would that change the world? Great stuff, Meryl. Yeah, it's interesting, actually, for um for the 1602 episode, uh, we see all three of the siblings uh, together, uh, working together, I guess, with Queen Hela uh, on the throne. Uh, doesn't last very long, about mm, six minutes of the episode, maybe three minutes of the episode. Uh, but interestingly, I suppose, since uh, Odin did banish uh, Hela to Earth, she becomes the goddess of life and saves the Nine Realms, giving them all their freedom. So while he is a terrible parent by banishing each of his children, um, it turns out quite well for Hela in that episode. So uh, that's quite interesting. Um, thanks so much for your feedback, Meryl. There's some interesting ideas for uh, for some other what-ifs. Let's see what happens in the next season, if they can get Kate Blanchett back to do another Hella episode. That'd be interesting. Finally, Victor Sellers says, Greetings, Defenders. What a fantastic finale for a fantastic series. I must vote the What If series as the best product since Moon Knight. Haley and Jeffrey absolutely shine. The recapping of season one was a masterpiece. The Heartbreak Kid, uh, Supreme Strange, needs to go away once and for all. I nearly lost it when the zombies showed up. I did lose it when the heroes tossed Peggy and Kahori all their accoutrement. 
I was also intrigued to see Yggdrasil in the final scene. I must compliment the producers, writers, animators and cast for creating a truly special series. Looking forward to season three, Excelsior, Victor Von Doom. Uh, great stuff, Victor. I'm glad you enjoyed this season of What If. It's been a real pleasure watching these nine episodes. been some great stories in there. Uh, really excited to see how they continue the story. And yeah, I know, uh, I know you're saying you lost it when the zombies showed up. It's going to be really intriguing to see how they do the, uh, special event series, Marvel Zombies, um, which I presume will feature Scarlet Witch as the leader of the, of the zombies for, uh, for that season. But it's going to be quite difficult since most of them don't talk in this show, uh, in the what if version, at least of, uh, of Marvel zombies. They do in the, in the comics, from what I remember. Yeah, they do. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see. Uh, best product since Moon Knight. That's a, that's a high bar. Uh, Moon Knight was one of the best series that, uh, that Marvel did. Um, but it has been a lot of fun, I guess, taking those jumping off points from, uh, that great series of movies, uh, from, the MCU is, is really helpful, I suppose, for the show as well. Uh, thanks so much for your feedback, Victor. You can always get in contact with us by emailing us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com or join us on our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash tvpodcastindustries. We'd love to hear from you. And thank you so much for joining us for this epic nine-day session of podcasting. Yes, indeed. And thanks, John, for putting up with me for all those nine days. And Chris, I know you can only do about five of them uh, <laughs> or four of them uh, putting up with us. <laughs> yeah i appreciate that i i, I swear i i did the nine days i'm it's the what if chris did full nine days <laughs> there you go that is what <laughs> i'm epically building there's mm. another universe right now where chris did all of them yeah but have a I gravelly sexy what... voice like me there you go <laughs> oh, yeah. i'm batman i mean uh i'm a man who's been by a bat i mean uh my parents are killed i mean oh martha oh forget it <laughs> but thank you so much once again for joining us we will be back in the mcu next week with echo the first episode of the five episode events series spinning out from hawkeye and don't forget as i mentioned earlier on the season make sure you've got your settings set to mature uh, because you won't be able to watch it otherwise uh, this is going to be yep. a blood-filled battering of a season yeah, so this is mature it. cheese type stuff well violent not cheese john Hopefully. well it could be like swiss we talked about yeah. the- cheese already if you like ones with whole you've got your swiss cheese or if you like something a bit blue and dark and oh aged you can go for a nice blue cheese yeah exactly okay right i was just trying to wrap up the episode so um thanks very much for joining us uh we'll <laughs> talk to you again next time talk to you again soon and tell us what your favorite cheese is yes thank, Bye. <laughs> thank you so much fellow defenders as always for joining us for our marvel series uh until our next one which is Echo. Uh, Keep watching, keep listening, and keep defending. Bye. Bye. Bye.